0: The catch is, the monsters aren't under your beds anymore. They're on the beds, and they're sleeping, and they're you. Hey everybody, welcome back to Morgan Baloney's. I'm Morgan. ...philosophical...
1: ...and I'm Baloney's.
0: But on my planet, they mean Nicholas and... ...and
1: Greg. Alright, well, Nick, what have you been up to, how have you been, what you been doing? Tell me something.
0: Hey man, I've been alright. I have actually been not alright. My sleep schedule is entirely fucked up. <laughs> I don't know how to save it. Uh, I have slept from 9.30am <laughs> yeah,
1: uh,
0: until 4.30pm more or less, and it's kind of killing me. <laughs> I may be becoming a supervillain, because I can feel it rearing its ugly head.
1: Yeah, It doesn't sound like something a uh, normal sleep schedule should be. 9.30am to 4pm. <laughs>
0: Especially since I'm not working right now cuz you know the miasma
1: the miasmi
0: that's pretty much all I've been doing it's been a slow a slow halloween so far how have you been doing man
1: uh i've been pretty good yeah um again i go to netflix i'm like i'm going to watch that thing i've been planning on watching and it's gone so i'm thinking of contacting them via twitter and just asking, hey, is there a setting I can turn on so I know what what's on my list that's leaving? Because I'm getting pretty tired of planning on finally watching something and then it just, poof, disappearing. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been dealing with in were recent you, history.
0: Were you trying to watch the hit horror cult classic headcount? <gasps>
1: No, but I believe that's a Netflix original, so I don't have to rush to watch
0: it. Unfortunately, it is not. It has been taken off oh, of Netflix. God. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? I oh, looked it up. Oh, great. <laughs> it is, however, on Tubi, which, you know, isn't perfectly acceptable. You just have a couple which of ads. Which free. Exactly. Yeah. Which is my favorite type of free. Final.
1: The- <laughs> I'll download Tubi right next to my Peacock app.
0: Oh, I forgot about Peacock.
1: Yeah, it's all right.
0: <laughs> it, uh, Tubi's actually got a pretty good amount of horror movies on it. I watched um, that horror movie where the boat sinks and they're like, "Oh, we've got to swim to shore," and there's like a shark. Open water. Mm,
1: I... That one that's based on a true story.
0: I don't know if it's that one. It came out like last. It came out like two years ago. The it's region... not Shark Night, is it? No, I saw that in the theaters. That came out. Oh, you're talking seven years about.
1: Ago. Okay. <laughs> maybe yeah, over the
0: Reef or something like that? Or The Reef?
1: Yeah, I think it's The Reef. I yeah, think you're right. Although and I think in the trailer it only shows one person, so thank you for spoiling that there's two.
0: There's five. Or <gasps> six. <laughs> there's a whole lot of Whoa. people.
1: Um, <laughs> let me check if this is the movie.
0: Fact checker? Can I you, was uh, also
1: going to look it up, but yeah, Fact checker, get on that.
0: The Reef, directed by Andrew Taraki. Ooh, Australian that's horror. a name. So you know it's good. Much like our favorite horror <laughs> our favorite horror actor, Ryan Kwantin.
1: I thought for sure you were going to say Hugh Jackman.
0: Is he Australian?
1: I think he's Australian. I believe
0: he's an Australian. Oh, excuse me. I thought he was the Wolverine.
1: <laughs> nah, Wolverine's Canadian, dog.
0: He's also 5'2". Anyway, <laughs> Hugh Jackman is Australian. My fact, fact checkers just shot me a dirty look. Man, fact checkers really on their game today.
1: I'm really proud of them.
0: Yeah, they were kind of slacking yesterday.
1: Yeah, yesterday, no podcast excuse. time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, we're not recording these three days in a row, I promise you.
1: Oh, that would be so great for editing that. I mean, uh, no, we're not. I like that you felt the need to make a promise about it. <laughs>
0: All right, all right. Nothing else happened during your week, Mr. Balanos? Mr. Baloney?
1: Nothing incredible that I can report upon. And nothing happened to you either, correct?
0: Been a very slow week in the the Morgan baloney sphere.
1: In that case, I think we should spice it up with a game. What do you think?
0: I think that sounds like a great idea. What game are we thinking about? How does Logline
1: sound to you? (laughs)
0: Loglines? Sounds great. So, what? log lines. <gasps> There's one issue. What is log what? lines?
1: Oh, I'm so glad you asked. It's not like I was about to explain it, and now I can. <laughs> <laughs> log lines, for anyone unfamiliar, a brief summary of the game. You take two log lines from two existing things, movie, TV, book, uh, you know, pretty much anything that you can pull a one-sentence summary out of. And then you take one idea of your own, something that you've either completed or thought about a lot or maybe was a passing thought while you were sitting on the toilet. Then you tell the other person those three log lines, those three three plot summaries, (laughs) and they have to guess which of the three is your original creation. Now, log lines, very important. We don't tell each other what the answer is. We are being 100% genuine in this game. We're not cheating. And if we were, we wouldn't tell you. But we are telling you that we aren't. So that's how you know it's true. It's impossible not to trust that. Exactly. Nick, did you want to add anything else or do you want to start us off with log lines?
0: I've got nothing to add except for we play two little bonus games when it comes to our log lines. One, if we can guess the movie of the the two movies that we've decided to include or you know they can be books or whatever any sort of media and there is always an overlying theme and that's another thing we tried to guess now i'm just going to be a forewarning my theme is very loose it's more thematic
2: (laughs) Hmm,
0: hmm. all right i can't wait i'm gonna go first one a couple tries to enjoy their movie night when a spider invades their house and causes chaos Second, an epidemic spreads through the world where the sound of children's voices becomes lethal. And third one, a man tries to get rid of his puppet, but every time he destroys it, it appears in his room the next day. Oh, man.
1: It's either one or two, because number three is possum. Number three is... (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see that, I haven't seen it yet But I, I saw the same video about it That you did, it seems excellent Shout, shout out Ryan Hollinger <laughs> Shout out to you um, Spider Invades our
0: house And what was
1: the second log line?
0: An epidemic spreads through the world Where the sound of children's voices Becomes lethal
1: I'm going to guess yours Is number one
0: That is correct
1: Oh, thank goodness. I don't know what the third one is. Is that Cooties or The
0: second one is a book.
1: Oh, okay. So the book yeah, that's is why.
0: The Flame Alphabet by Ben Marcus.
1: <laughs> that's a great title.
0: It's an extremely great title and even better, a great cover. So that means I'll read it. The first one, uh, a couple tries to enjoy their movie <laughs> night when a spider invades their house and causes chaos is um a play I've been working on for a while now. Um it started out for a horror-themed one-act festival, and I didn't finish it in time because I take a long time to finish my stuff to a satisfactory level, or just in general. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and my favorite thing about it is the title of the mo- of the play is Iraq, comma no, because so <laughs> you may not understand that just yet. So. No. <laughs> it's a reference to they're waging war, i.e., Iraq, on this spider, and the spider's ruining their night. Calm no, but if you say Iraq no, really quick. Oh <laughs> God! It's arachno. Plus the part of you it was clever guy. Part of the thing was the the phobia must be in the title, and I hate playing by the
1: rules. Yeah. Well, who wants to have a phobia in the title that isn't cleverly hidden? Everyone else Seems that like made I get one. a lot of plays that are oh wow
0: really? <laughs> well one That's of them had a one of them had a had a different it, it didn't say like a phobia but it was something uh-huh. similar it still meant the same thing but at least it wasn't phobia 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 all the way yeah through. all right let's bring it on over to your log lines mallfire
1: that sounds like a really funny play though I, I want to see it I want to do a live reading on this show or another one.
0: Be my incentive uh, with you. You know what?
1: You uh, can be the spider.
0: This will be my incentive. We're going to finish it by the end of this month. Now, time travel warning. <laughs> we are recording this on the 4th of October. This will probably not go yes. up on the 5th of October. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it, yes. So, it, also it, time
1: travel warning. It is the 3rd of October.
0: Oh, sorry. I was talking New Zealand time. But yes, I mean, by the time this
1: airs, it'll still it'll (laughs) still be October. So
0: a lot of people don't know this. This podcast is actually filmed in New Zealand. We are not from New Zealand, but every week we fly (laughs) over here to do a recording.
1: Yeah, but we still stay, you know uh quarantined we stay socially distant so yeah that we,
0: <laughs> it takes us uh, affect one another four and a half weeks quarantine both ways to record one episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it's you know we do it for the bit it's a commitment commit to the bit
0: which you will learn three episodes hey. in
1: <laughs> yeah exactly what a good
0: bit all right uh, let's hit you let's hit hit me with your log lines
1: will do can't wait to cut all of that out in editing and (laughs) here we go the first log line oh and i'll guess your theme afterwards
0: yes Uh, yes 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 it's actually mm. i'm just
1: gonna throw it out right now is it's no you said it's thematic so it wouldn't be spiders Mm. It it wouldn't happen to be fear would it
0: i'm gonna accept fear fear is pretty close it was pretty much just being like like I was saying it was, like, fear or just, like, I would have given, like, a a general, like, just general horror. It would have been fine. It was was a very loose Mm -hmm. theme for me. I I usually go a little bit tighter.
1: Yeah, well, I figured once you told me what the play was about, and I know Possum has a lot to do with his fear of something Mm -hmm. very descriptive, Greg. Okay. (laughs) I'll count that in the catalog. Two points for Greg. And here is my first log line. A college student meets an outgoing artist while on a spiritual journey in the park. Here is my second logline. A once prolific novelist struggling with writer's block wills a female character into existence. And here is my third and final logline. An auditor finds himself the subject of narration only he can hear that begins to affect his work love life and even his death
0: okay can you say that nick first? which one's which can you say oh, that yes. first one for me one more time yeah
1: the first log line is a college student meets an outgoing artist while on a spiritual journey
0: in the park so that is goodwill hunting no whoa that i was, guess
1: that means you lose
0: i was 100 sure that was what movie is that
1: is that that's my that's idea that's
0: yours you just wrote people yeah. hunting my friend
1: <laughs> oh thank you an <laughs> artist
0: <laughs> yeah Rob uh, robin williams paints in that movie
1: he does i wouldn't call him an artist though that would feel a bit like you're cheating <laughs>
0: mm, anyway the last one is stranger than fiction uh yes it is can you read that second <laughs> one good. for me then because i was like unless that's like um i'm thinking of ending things that's also kind
1: of no a i haven't seen that one but i really do want to see that one
0: what's the second one
1: um the second one do you want me to tell you what it is or uh, read, read, it, it one more time read it one more time yeah i'll give you a shot a once prolific novelist struggling with writer's block wills a female character into existence,
0: a once prolific writer wills a character
1: into existence. featuring one of my favorite actresses as the female character
0: weird science nope (laughs) I feel like I've seen this movie but I can't think of it right now I think the fact that the first one wasn't Good Will Hunting your favorite movie is just kind of (laughs) blown me out of the water
1: yeah man I do love Good Will Hunting but um yeah the first one and I'll uh the second one is Ruby Sparks
0: I have not seen that
1: oh I love it and it'll come back later because I'm going to recommend it so I'll talk more about it then But, (laughs) the first logline is for a short film that I did actually. It's already up online, everyone go pause this episode, go watch it right now. Yeah, it's just about a college student who goes into the park one day with a girl and he starts having a very nice time, relaxing, getting into the groove of things until ultimately he meets an artist lady who is also in the park doing her thing. And they kind of go off together and yeah you know, it's it's just like a feel good kind of sweet little thing. Uh, it, it was fun to shoot. It was okay. great. You're great, Nick.
0: Wow, I really fucked that one up.
1: It's called Paper Girl.
0: <laughs> I
1: should have called it the title. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> That's fine. and nick what is the underlying theme writing yes, writing God. writing fucking nailed it
0: <laughs> all right that's our
1: that's... first f-bomb of the podcast <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: that gets one point for that one that's great
0: it's true it, usually i'm a lot more on it oh it's yeah been an week. you're a shark
1: you kill it man i guess
0: sleeping 9 30 to 4 isn't helping no, I'm. You know, that's probably the a, a big factor. But I never would have. I st- yeah. still probably would have. Honestly, I probably still would have picked the first one, even if I was well rested. <laughs> <'Cause> that's <laughs> that's good. Well, hunting, baby. All right. I tried
1: to dumb them down just enough so it sounds like I could have written either of them. I knew the third one. Like, if you'd seen it yeah, or that's... heard of it at all, it'd be like, oh, that's strange fiction. So I had to. You know, baby waters, so to speak.
0: It worked. Change of Fiction* really good. Probably, I'd say his best movie. Will Ferrell. Oh yeah. Probably Maggie Gyllenhaal. Better than best any
1: movie. of his comedies.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I'm not too bad. Maggie on
1: Gyllenhaal. Him. Better than *Donnie Darko* and or *Gone Girl*.
0: Maggie Gyllenhaal's in *Gone Girl*.
1: Or *Dark Knight*.
0: I don't like *Dark Knight* too much.
1: I believe. Oh. She was like well, a, fuck. And that's like our a, second F bomb of the <laughs> podcast.
0: She was like a teensy little baby in Donnie Darko, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, she was pretty young. She's okay. pretty young in That, that doesn't
0: count. You don't count until you I
1: believe well she's <laughs> not like a child. She's I believe she's the older sibling. But um what's was... that other movie? Yeah, I bel I think she's the sister in Gone Girl. Let me look that up real quick. I mean, let me get our fact checker on the line real quick.
0: Hey yo, fact checker. Dude, it's the Gone Girl anniversary today.
1: Of the book or the movie?
0: The movie, I believe, which is, you know, the book's better in a lot of ways. The movie's still, <laughs> it's still really well made. It's just a very different... I was
1: super wrong.
0: <laughs> it, it's not Maggie It's John not all. her.
1: Nope. I only wish it was.
0: I knew it. I knew it. I want to talk about Gone yeah. Girl for a second, though.
1: So my Go favorite ahead, spit thing... it
0: out. My favorite <laughs> thing about Gone Girl... So the book mm-hmm. is, you know, there is the... gone. Spoiler alerts for Gone Girl, book and movie. this is a this is something i'd recommend maybe skipping forward a minute or two if you have not seen it because the the twist is very worth it so basically in the book the the husband that gets pretty much you know abandoned and gets everything try to pinned on this huge scheme he's super smart and he's intelligent and he's cunning and everything and in the movie it's ben affleck being dopey So it's almost impossible for me not to feel bad for him because he just doesn't get what's going on in the slightest. Which is kind of why, uh, it was literally why Fincher casted Ben Affleck in the role and Ben Affleck never realized that. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favorite little fun facts. But yeah, that Uh is my opinion on Gone Girl. Speaking of opinion on movies, this is going to bring us into a little segment we like to call Mmm Pop. Exactly. It's pop with a P, so we cannot be sued. This is where we basically discuss the pop culture news of this week, which will probably be about four years ago on our release schedule. <laughs> uh, or
1: three years in the future.
0: Yeah, pretty much. All right, so we are going to start off with uh, some Marvel shit. There's always some Marvel shit to talk about. Let's get it out of the way. So, Gregory. We've just found out the casting for one of Marvel's upcoming super characters. She has been a a starring figure in the comics for maybe the last, I want to say, four or five years or so. And she's getting uh, a new television show and is the star of the newest Avengers game. We're talking about Ms. Marvel casting like or casting is, Iman Balani. Now A lot of people listening are like, who's Iman Valani? Well, apparently she's not done any real official movies before from my stuff, but she's been a very avid movie watcher. And so I've come up with a little bit of a game for Mr. Gregory to play. I've got four reviews <laughs> from Iman Valani's letterbox. I'm going to give the title of the movie. You're going to guess the star rating. Oh, Half star okay. to five stars. Half stars are included, so be uh, what's it, prudent. And then I'm going to read the actual reviews, and they're all Will really do. short, and it's going to be an absolute pleasure. We're going to start off with her most controversial review, Captain <gasps> Marvel. How many stars did you give Captain Marvel, Greg? He, has not, he did not know, this forewarning, Gregory did not know we were going to play this game.
1: No, this is being sprung on me completely out of the blue.
0: How many stars? Um, I
1: will say. Uh, I did look up a few things about Miss Marvel. Uh, I know that she loves Captain Marvel, so keeping that in mind, because uh, you mentioned that it was it was shocking, right? Is her most contra- controversial review?
0: Yes, it is her most controversial. Screen Rant wrote an article about this specific review, <laughs> leaving out any of the yeah. key details, which we'll get into later. Uh, basically, just trying to inspire people to shit on her thanks screen rant
1: good job screen rat uh i she's uh probably i would guess like a three stars three stars minimum yeah three stars is actually maximum what i think she gave it could that that's still like positive ish because it's one to five on letterboxd correct
0: yes it is one to five with half stars
1: yeah yeah so that's like three is right in the middle and it's kind of like, I mean personally I didn't like Captain Marvel very much and you know, if she's an avid movie watcher, she's probably seen a ton of great movies and Captain Marvel, not really one of them but she can't really shit on Miss Marvel right
0: now. So I would I'm gonna go with three. You are close. Captain Marvel, two stars. Oh, which is I didn't why I think she'd go that hard. Which is why it was controversial because she's Miss Marvel, and they're like the first thing that people are going to talk about is like, oh, she didn't like Captain Marvel. I'm going to read her short little review, and we can discuss that in a bit. Quoth, "These stars are not for Brie Larson. I will sacrifice my own life for Brie Larson."
2: <laughs>
0: so it's she likes Brie Larson in the role, and I do too. That's not my issues with Captain Marvel. My issue Same. is with um the writing (laughs) and um, whoever made the mouthpiece for the scrolls, (laughs) I think they need, I I think it's 2020. They can figure out a way to not give them lisps. Speaking as a (laughs) lisp hacker myself, Samuel L. Jackson uh, kind of brought it down for me as well. But there were some really cool moments in it, really cool themes. And I like it more just, Hmm. I like it more since, you know, angry dudes are like, furious that the movie is, like, well-received. So that makes me like it a bit more, (laughs) because I hate nerds.
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, fun fact. Nick hates nerds. Pass it on.
0: (laughs) Tell your friends. Tell your family. All right. Tell everybody. We're gonna move on. Next movie. Tenet. Yes. Okay. Christopher Nolan's hit movie, Tenet. The movie that has killed the the movie theater industry. (laughs) (laughs) single-handedly
1: yeah by itself
0: in america it pretty much has all right (laughs) tenant how many stars does it have mr gregory
1: Oh, for tenant i don't know i feel like that that one's definitely three stars
0: you were exactly on the money that is three stars
1: yeah because i know a lot of people didn't like it and i know that the people who did like it are like you just don't get it so i imagine she's probably reasonably in the middle i haven't read any of her reviews uh hopefully they're all funny though i'm looking forward to hearing what this one
0: is okay so the review for tenant okay okay mm-hmm. now explain it like i'm a child <laughs> which is this <laughs> perfect review
1: it's like that's it's like she didn't want to get sued by saying explain it to me like i'm five <laughs> yeah. like she didn't want reddit to come after her
0: exactly and they will
1: Uh, that's funny yeah always that's
0: great. She's so, in a
1: Marvel series now.
0: <laughs> exactly. So now we're going to move on to a movie that you may have heard of, you may not have heard of. Um, but it features one of our favorite actresses on this show. Uh, we're going <gasps> to play a double game. Guess who the actress is? Guess what the star is? This movie is Netflix's The Kissing Booth 2. Oh, God.
1: Oh, I don't know her name. Is it the girl from The Conjuring Two? That is my guess.
0: It is the girl from the gir- the The Conjuring. Oh, I knew said. The it. Conjuring Two. The and girl during from the Blumhouse collection, <laughs> The Lie. The Lie.
1: Oh, I'm her so name excited. is Joey King. Joey King. I gotta remember that name because it's a cool name. It's That's very like good. Something you'd hear in a novel or something. Yeah, hear in a novel. But, um, okay, so got her that's for sure and then
0: how many stars for this sequel to a netflix original movie
1: four the highest rating (laughs) that she will give four
0: this got a half star oh my god
1: not surprised
0: (laughs) so her review and we'll i'll give a little bit of background afterwards i've read better wattpad stories so greg do you know what (laughs) wattpad is
1: uh, I've heard of it a few times, but I've never actually looked it up. So, Nick, can you tell me what Wattpad
0: is? Wattpad is basically this website that uh, is frequented by teeny boppers writing fan fiction. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Wattpad. We are not sponsored by Wattpad. If they want yeah. to, hit us up. <laughs> um yeah. well, I got oh, a Wattpad. Is
1: that what um, uh, Fifty Shades was written on? You're exactly correct. Oh, thank God. I believe. I
0: I know that was fan fiction as well of Twilight. But Wattpad is basically fan fiction. So there is oh, there's another movie that's like a One Direction Wattpad. Is it You on Netflix? (laughs) I wish. Isn't that a TV show? After is the movie. Yeah, it is a show. After. Um. So all the characters share the first names of the the One Direction members. (laughs) So The Kissing Booth 1 is based off of a Wattpad book that the the writer wrote when she was fifteen. Oh. Which good is for them. which is awesome. To get like a fucking yeah. movie based on something you wrote when you were fifteen, that's really cool. I don't know when the To get a I don't book they,
1: deal in the first place, yeah. Exactly.
0: I don't know what the Kissing Book Two is based off of. I've only seen the first one. But it's, you know <laughs> there are definitely was the first
1: one cute.
0: No. Oh. <laughs> There's a scene it's like they're high schoolers and Joey King's a high schooler and it's like she goes to like She's like putting on these pants and she bends over to pick something up like when she's getting dressed and her fucking ass breaks through it and like, you know, and then you see like ass and underwear and it's like, oh, and then they give you like a, a close up shot and you're like, oh my God. Not like Joey King, I think was 19 when they were shooting, mm-hmm. but the character's not.
1: <laughs> and, yeah. And you know what's even
0: worse? The only clothes she has that are clean is a tiny mini skirt. Oh my God. So then she goes to school wearing this mini skirt and there's so many ass shots. You see a whole lot, and it's like, just like there's no, and then some girl like some dude. Was like... it a
1: man or a female director? Just real quick, uh, do you happen to know?
0: Yeah, I have it up right here. Okay, oh, uh, but I'm um, there's a character in, uh, who like like gropes her or whatever, and like he doesn't uh-huh. get any like I mean like they get in a fight, but then like he doesn't get any punishment. <laughs> in. Fun fact, you know who's in the kissing booth? Who Molly Ringwald. Oh. What a weird choice to be in. It was directed by a guy, Vince Marcello. Yeah. Okay, that makes it even more... Well,
1: it, it's, it makes it kind of like... Okay, I get it, because uh, some guys are horrible.
0: <laughs>
1: but it's also like, man, what year is it? Like,
0: <laughs> A lot of people... I watch
1: the great... Yeah.
0: A lot of people uh, shout on it for being very cliche and very sexist, or misogynistic.
1: <laughs> Do you think the the young lady who wrote it on Wattpad was like a big fan of like the 80s rom-coms and such. Guaranteed. Yeah, that's. it feels like it gets a lot of inspiration just from your description of it. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it myself.
0: I don't think it's really worth it. But we're gonna move on to my (laughs) (laughs) favorite review. This is Spider-Man 3. (laughs) How many many stars did Iman Balani... Five is your final answer? It's gotta be
1: five. Yes, because you're so excited about it.
0: It is four and a half. Oh my god. Her her review. This is so (laughs) unironically great.
1: You know, Spider-Man 3 gets a lot of garbage dumped on it. I think it's fun. I think it's a decent time. I'm better with friends. I
0: love it. I love that movie so much. I've seen it so many (laughs) times. Sure, it would have been better if, you know... He wanted Sam Raimi wanted to make the movie how he wanted to. He, It'd be better that way. Yeah, but it's still kind of awesome. <laughs> you got you got Baby James Franco who was probably like forty at the time. Uh, uh, you know, being the Goblin, and that's a cool payoff. That's a. We, it wasn't immediately in Spider-Man Two. It's that um, I forget yeah. who played the Sandman, but he stole the show. Absolutely phenomenal, and then can't talk about i heard him s-
1: described as the only man who wanted to be there <laughs> <laughs> who's taking it seriously
0: it it shows you know what does it show yeah. Topher grace as what? venom <laughs> yeah he, what a terrible miscast but i actually kind of liked his how he actually turned venom into he isn't like this big you know brain-headed kind of like sadistic guy that eddie brock typically was he was mm-hmm. this, like, fucking incel that just got screwed <laughs> over. And that kind of it turned his sadism into something. It seemed more sinister to me as a person. I've always been a big Venom fan, so I, I really didn't mind it too much. But you got to talk about well, it.
1: Well, yeah, but that, that just sounds like characteristically, like, they made him more, um, more like Carnage than Venom.
0: Speaking of Carnage, Woody Harrelson. That's all I'm going to say.
1: hmm <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church was Sandman in yeah. Spider-Man 3. I, thank you, Fact Checker.
0: Thank you, Fact Checker. Yeah, I haven't heard his name in forever.
1: I hope he's not dead. Uh, he doesn't exist anymore. He turned into sand and blew away.
0: That, you know what? Speak that, that moment where he first turns into sand still holds up. That still looks awesome.
1: That's a great scene when he learns how to hold himself together. It's so
0: good. Speaking of Spider-Man villains, that is the end of our review game. But it's not the end of our Marvel shit universe. We are going to move forward to our latest MCU news. Jamie Foxx returns as Electro in the next Spider-Man movie. My God. Holy shit. Like, we had J.K. Simmons come back (laughs) as J. Jonah Jameson. And I just figured that was because no one else can be J. Jonah Jameson. Because J.K. Simmons is like the one-to-one replica because they just didn't even try (laughs) to do it in amazing spider-man exactly this is perfect yeah but this leads to so many like questions like is it going to be a live-action spider-verse movie is it going to be the same electro that was in the amazing spider-man which is the in the comics that's the ultimate electro from the ultimate universe is this one Mm. going to be more traditional electro with the big goofy yellow and green suit because he's one of my favorite spider-man villains, and i'm not too big on jamie fox as an actor i like he peaked with ray and that was like 25 years ago um
1: you weren't a fan of uh, project power no. neither was i
0: <laughs> thank goodness um but it could be really cool and even though the the mcu i'm saying uh, a lot even though the MCU Spider-Man movies are kind of hit or miss, they're basically Iron Man junior movies for the most part. I think the ending of 2 is really going to tie everything up. We're not going to get as much Iron Man, you know, circle jerking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we're
0: going to we're going to get a whole bunch of villains because I think it's going to be leading up to the Sinister 6 and I'm fairly confident on that.
1: Yeah, um Well, that's the thing with the Spider-Verse. Not the... Sorry. That's the thing with uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man, not the Spider-Verse. Those are two different things. It seemed just because they were so interconnected with Iron Man and with Civil War and Endgame, Infinity War, Spider-Man hasn't really gotten a chance to be himself, even in the movies where, you know, they're his movies. So in this one... If they do end up like breaking the Spider Verse and linking everyone, which would be incredible, I wanna see Andrew Garfield back. I wanna see, Tobey Maguire I wanna see Toby McGuire back. I wanna see so everybody. Bad. If
0: I see Toby, yeah. in I the wanna see Spider-Man Topher Grace suit, as Venom. I will cry. <laughs> Topher Grace, Dude. you know, who knows? I wanna um, see
1: him as Venom meeting up
0: with Tom Hardy Venom. And them be just awesome. being like, Ugh, and I just moving on from each no other. No faith that Tom Hardy Venom <laughs> is going to be in the Spider Verse. I think there's zero percent chance of that because sony and disney yeah, probably hate each other right now separate
2: <laughs> yeah
1: um, but they still fuck so It's <laughs> true
0: but i mean i'm i am not gonna exaggerate if i see a pan up a spider-man suit and it's toby's cute little face oh, i'm gonna tear up I'm a, I'm a little teared up just thinking about it but that dude was my fucking childhood. I got chills. yeah man and the movies are
1: great yeah they're great they stand up still Amazing Spider-Man movies
0: do not. <laughs> yeah, not really,
1: but uh, <laughs> <Good> things, <laughs> I still want to see Andrew Garfield back. That's true.
0: I think Andrew Garfield is a really good actor. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind him going back. I, think the, I, I don't think he was the issue in those movies. All right. No. We're going to move not. on to a next category. It's called This Week in Reboots. We get so many reboots. We well, might as well yummy, put them all in one little spot. We're going to start off with the oldest one of these, Freaky. Now, what movie <laughs> is this? A remake of Gregory.
1: Freaky is a take on the body swap genre, very clearly taking from Freaky Friday.
0: A lot of people don't know. Uh, Freaky Friday, people recognize, uh, who is it? It was uh, Avril Lavigne and Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Curtis. Right?
1: And it was Lindsay Lohan, not Avril Lavigne. Oh, it was Lindsay Lohan.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I, just I fucking
1: love that movie.
0: <laughs> I meant <remember> Avril Lavigne's <laughs> on soundtrack. That's what that's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, she is. 100%. My favorite thing about that movie, or let me say least favorite thing so I don't get arrested. Uh, <laughs> of course. It was like girl it was a, you know, it was a high school movie, it was all these girls, and it was like when the fucking high rise song was the fashion. And I was like, I don't need to. <laughs> 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 this is a little this is a little much for for my modern day sensibilities. Yeah. <laughs> what I didn't know if, is this was a remake of like an old like sixties movie or seventies movie. Mm-hmm. And I watched that and I was like it's kind of crazy how many of the gags, you know, have translated from one to the next.
2: <laughs> even though being
0: such different, you know, uh, times and, and, and cultural impacts of things around them. And I'm really... Ex- I will
1: say I have not seen the original you're talking about, but I absolutely uh, agree. There are some things in comedy that are, you know, they're evergreen. So they translate regardless of time period and... um I can't wait to hear you finish your thought now that I'm done interrupting you.
0: <laughs> and I'm really excited to basically see what is going to... Like, what of these same jokes are going to exist in this third movie, in Freaky. Because I, mm-hmm. I think it's... Because you can already see in the trailer, there's Vince Vaughn doing the cheer routine. Which, you know, gotta love Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, you know... He, ah. He's not always in the best movies, but I can't help but just love him. There's something about him.
1: Definitely... He's aging more like wine than milk, that's for sure.
0: There's so many of these older actors that are having these renaissances. Him, Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, uh, I'd say even uh, Kevin James a little bit. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Steve in- Buscemi. Steve Buscemi's brother, who is in Black Klansman. <laughs> Steve Buscemi has a brother? Yeah. He's pretty good, too. He's As I said, he's in uh-huh. Black Klansman, and you just see him, and you're like, is that Steve Buscemi? And you're like, but it's <laughs> not quite. There, that's the best way to describe them.
1: Yeah, I'll have to watch that one. I really wanted to see it. I just didn't get a chance to while it was in theaters. But uh.
0: really good ending is a real, it's a real right hook.
1: <laughs>
0: that's gonna hit you.
1: It's a Southpaw.
0: Okay, Freaky Freaky is a horror take on on this body swap movie, which I think is very cool. It's almost like Chucky, but instead of a doll, it's just a lady.
1: Yeah, and especially the actress that they chose, whose name I don't know. Um, they at least make her up to seem very doll-like. Not Chucky doll-like, but, you know, baby doll-like. She seems so innocent when you look at her. It's Catherine. Which is part of the... Ah. Which, I, which of course, is part of the aesthetic. Vince Vaughn, they make him look a bit dumpy. Oh, he's so a dumpy. A bit older than he is. Yeah. He's grimy. And they and make, the make her just look... Exactly, yeah. So he definitely seems like a threat, which of course is part of the comedy and horror. Ooh, Ooh.
0: yeah! I'm very excited. This I really like the trailer. Yeah, I the too. It's directed by Christopher Landon, who did the the very much maligned *Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse*. <laughs> oh, which I didn't see that one. I it's not great, and you can kind of tell uh, that stink. <laughs> he was also the director of. He's the writer of all the Paranormal Activity movies after one. And oh, he
1: knows how to copy and
0: paste. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, like, half of the Paranormal Activity is pretty cool. And he was the director of the best yeah. Paranormal Activity movie, The Marked Ones.
1: Oh, I didn't see that one. Of course I didn't see the best one.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the first one's probably the best one, just because of the novelty. But, um... Yeah. But, four, and the Marked Ones, which is five, not six, um, is very... Hmm you know, it's connected in very cool ways, and it's a different setting entirely. It's uh, it's a bunch of, I think it's in Mexico?
1: It's a bunch of boys, a bunch of young men, right? Yeah, exactly. Teen kids.
0: Also, the director yeah. of, he's also the director of the Happy Death Day movies, which you can tell <laughs> from the, the trailer. He's <laughs> very Happy Death Day, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Those movies rule.
1: I really like the first one. Still need to see the second one, but I definitely saw <laughs> his flair, his is horror comedy style in this one especially the lighting I love the lighting in this yeah, trailer I, so dynamic
0: I'm so glad that we have like a really good horror comedy director because Mick G with the babysitter yeah. not done not <laughs> doing it for me sorry Mick G
1: <laughs> oh but killer queen just came out
0: and that's what I'm talking about it's, <laughs> it's got moments but it's not great it's got king batch in it or no that was the first one I forget the King Batch is, like, I still need any to see them both. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to The Witches. <gasps> now, how do you feel about The Witches trailer?
1: Okay, so, you know, I have The Witches on my Netflix watch list, and I'm going to jump on it, because <laughs> that thing is going to go bye-bye way before this remake comes out. Mm-hmm. But just looking at it and looking at like the little clip it shows when you put your icon over it or selector or whatever on Netflix, the anxiety you see like exactly (laughs) (laughs) and you just see like them transform their makeup's all creepy and monstrous in this one i don't believe they showed us their witch forms their evil forms but i'm just so like so clearly you can already see because she has like scars on the side of her mouth she's just gonna turn into a big snake she's just gonna Resident Evil 1 this baby and I'm not like I mean I I haven't seen the old one or obviously the new one yet or the book? or I haven't read the book either no but um you know just seeing the original and how how awesome the practical effects are and then seeing the lame floating scene where she kind of looks like a snake already it's like uh doesn't look like it's going to be great. Although I love Stanley Tucci. And I love Anne Hathaway. I was gonna bring up and <laughs> I believe her name's Octavia Spencer. That's I love her as well. So exactly I mean correct. Great cast. It's an amazing like, cast. Yeah, that's why I'm so conflicted. Like I'll I'll probably see it, but I don't have high hopes for it right now. What do you feel about it, Nick?
0: The trailer I'm not the trailer is very definitely trying to not be the original movie. And I think that's pretty much what you have to do because the original movie is basically perfect and it's set up for what it is. Um, but they've decided yeah. to so like not only is the cast fucking crazy, Anne Hathaway is the Grand High Witch. You got Octavia Spencer, Stanley Tucci, Kristen Chenoweth, Chris Rock. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, but it's also it's directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, who is, as of course you know, romancing the stone, who framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future. Beowulf? <gasps> <gasps> uh, and he, Angelina Jolie? Yeah, exactly. I love Beowulf. I've seen that so many times. Kind of odd looking. Great movie. Um, but <laughs> he is someone who at the very least, this is going to be such a visually interesting movie. Because Robert Zemeckis is like he does special effects like very few others. Uh, another comparable the he... What Robert Zemeckis is to, like, special effects is, like, what Guillermo del Toro is to, like, physical, like, practical makeup and, like, prosthetics and oh. stuff. Speaking of... Well, you've just piqued my interest far more. Speaking of, Guillermo del Toro produced it and wrote the screenplay with Robert Zemeckis. Other producers include uh, Alfonso Cuaron, who, you, you know, <laughs> Gravity, Roma, uh, a fucking super prolific director in modern day. Yeah, and of and of course uh, produced by The Witcher, or sorry, not produ- the the witches by <laughs> Roald Dahl. Produced by Henry Cavill. Produced by Henry Cavill, one of my least favorite actors. <laughs> and it, also uh, written by Kenya Barris, he also helped on it. Who you know, blackish, grownish, mixedish, black AF. Those those sitcoms, which I think are very. I've lovely.
1: heard those shows are a lot better than I immediately give them credit for because of their titles
0: yes I've seen I've seen a bit of I've seen a bit of blackish and it covers I'll go on a little tangent here modern sitcoms are kind of awesome I don't think people give them credit as much for for like the unicorn all the it, <laughs> I've seen mixed and blackish and they're both really good and tackle really cool subjects uh, and there's another one I'm forgetting right now and of course What's uh, the 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 Cat Dennings sitcom? What's that one called? Two Broke um, Girls. Oh yeah. Two Broke Girls is one of the most fascinating sitcoms that has ever made, because there's never a story, and it's always just jokes, <laughs> and it's always them standing telling jokes, and then they do a hijink, and then they walk to somewhere else and just do <laughs> jokes, and it's like, oh, it's like 30% of it's just about like Cat Dennings' boobs and having sex, and it's kind of like uh, peering into the void. Oh, I've
1: seen The Gift. I mean the gif, not the gift.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, the trailer doesn't do it too much for me, but I think the movie itself will, <laughs> so I'm willing to give the trailer some, some leeway. Oh,
1: good. Yeah, I kind of, I'm a little relieved myself hearing you say all that because I'm, it makes me think, oh, good, I my expectations are low, so <laughs> it'll really surprise me.
0: All right, we're going to move on to our last uh, reboot that we're going to be talking about. Uh, and i've got some some thing many things to say about this i'm sure you do too we're talking about the craft legacy so i'll do a little bit of talking on the, the cast of the craft yes, legacy please It's basically dude. i'm
1: ex- uh, let me you know what after you re- after you, you uh, review it please go right into your opinion i'm super excited to hear it and i do not want to repeat what you say <laughs> okay
0: perfect so the cast of the craft legacy is basically the exact opposite of the witches Instead of going with a bunch of you know like prolific actors, they chose these genuinely young actresses to you know they're still they're closer to my age than high school, but still it's it, it's gonna help lend to an air of authenticity. Like uh, the lead, Kaylee Spaney, uh was in Pacific Rim: Uprising, Bad Times at the El Royale. Uh, there was also what's her name, Gideon Adlin from Blockers, which is a very underrated comedy. John Cena can do no wrong in my eyes. And some uh, a couple other members of the cast, you know, Lovey Simone and Zoe Luna, are they make up the rest of it. I'm not too familiar with those two. But, this also features some pretty well-known actors by the name of Michelle Monaghan and David Duchovny. Fun fact about these two, they are my parents in real life. Fact check. <laughs> do not fact check that one. But yeah, but I'm uh, just going to talk Please a little don't. bit about the craft legacy. Uh, it's directed by Zoe Lister Jones. Uh, and it is going to be produced by the Blumhouse. Zoe Lister Jones is uh, a very heavy television show worker. Her biggest one's probably New Girl with Zoe Deschanel. And I have mm. very mixed feelings on that show. That's kind of high and lows, but I generally have a good opinion of it. Um, it's just. The, the biggest issue with. The biggest issue I have with this movie from the trailer is that it's releasing on Halloween. Now, I think that's a terrible idea um, because by the time, because most people aren't gonna watch it on release. Because while it's you know it's awesome and it's an adaptation of a lot of people's like favorite movie of that time the the '90s, the crap is like it's this standout piece of like coming of age movies based from the from the female perspective with these female characters, and I think it's probably one of the better ones in my humble opinion. It's a lot more modern in this time.
1: It wouldn't happen to be on Tubi, would it? Because, uh, spoiler alert, that's the movie they took off Netflix.
0: Oh! You know what? That makes a lot of sense. I yeah. really liked the, the trailer. I think the special effects looked not great. And by special effects, I mean, like, point at someone and they fly away. I think that looks a little janky. Um, and I, it doesn't fully work for me. But what does work for me is the relationships between all the characters shown. These girls genuinely look like they care mm. a lot about each other. Even, dare I say, more so than the original crowd. There's a certain sense of <gasps> familiarity between the two. And just like kind of just unadulterated, just like love for your friends. And I really like that. And then come, coming with that is the animosity that, you know, the big jocks have towards them because they're different. And that includes David Duchovny as the dad, just kind of not understanding a single thing
2: <laughs> about
0: <laughs> goth children. He's just like, ah, doesn't. <laughs> that's my Duchovny
1: impression. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh,
0: that's more or less my full opinions on it. You know, Jason Bloom producing it because he's produced every horror movie ever made. But yeah, I've, I'm generally excited for it, and I would like to hear your thoughts on it, Gregory.
1: Okay, so. Bloomhouse, you know those anglerfish that have the little luminescent thing in front of them and tricks fish into getting close so they can eat them? Yeah. That's what Bloomhouse feels like to me sometimes. Because I love most of the things Bloomhouse puts out. And by most of, of course, I mean most of their horror projects. So when I see this and see it's produced by Bloomhouse, I think, wow, this could be good. And then I watch the whole trailer and I think, oh boy, this looks like something not so good. And it just, it, uh, like, I watch it and I complained that, I complained this point to you immediately after I watched it. I didn't even wait for the podcast, but I feel like I've seen a million times over. And maybe it's only because uh, popular Carrie popularized the idea. Of a girl being essentially brutalized for having a period but in the trailer when you see like those couple drops of blood fall out and then immediately the jock's like "ew" or whatever he says and he's an a-hole about it it just makes me feel so like I understand like he's that speaks more of his character than it does like the story but at the same time Like, Carrie's done it. Like, that is the thing in Carrie. Maybe you should pick something else that happens. Like, make her shit herself. I don't know. (laughs) Do something really... (laughs) Do something unique. Because having the jock be, like... Or maybe even have it be sneaky. Like, she doesn't notice. And the jock, like, tells everyone to, like, shut the fuck up about it. Because he wants her to be humiliated in front of everyone. And just show, like, how... Is malignant the word? Like, evil? yeah how malignant of a person that he is that he doesn't it's not enough for him to make a scene in the classroom he wants the world the whole school everyone pull out your phones when she turns her back get a video like that would be interesting to me but seeing it take such a generic route uh, personally i kind of liked the whole shoving thing where they just use the force (laughs) i thought that was the coolest part i did not like the special effects uh, I, they, they're they probably not done, so I, I don't want to gripe on those too much. Overall, yeah, it just didn't really inspire... And maybe it's because I haven't seen the original craft, so I'm missing out on something real big. But it gives me, like, a Flatliners feel. Did you see Flatliners, the original? I have not seen Flatliners. So in Flatliners, like, they go under, and they keep, like, trying to go under for longer to outdo the last person. Also, it's, like, euphoric to do so. And it has consequences, like their greatest fears and like spirits and shit start to come after them. And that's kind of the feel I get from this because of, you know, the little tale at the end where they say something like, you can't just use this magic or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I I get the feeling like the, the cost of play is going to be pretty high, which I don't know, it feels like in this movie that's not going to mean much in the end. It's going to Annabelle creation us. Spoilers for Annabelle creation. My nothing happens by the end. Movie. Oh, not creation. Sorry, Annabelle comes home. Exactly. That's the one I meant. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers for that one. Nothing happens. It's a nothing movie. Nothing. And it, it's so disappointing. And I feel like that's what the craft legacy ultimately is going to be. Like, all four of them are going to get out of it alive, and they're going to be friends still, and nothing serious is going to happen to them. And that kind of... Uh, that sucks, because I really like the aesthetic of it. I like their relationship to one another. Like you mentioned, it feels very genuine and authentic. I got that feeling too, which I was happy about. But overall, it just, it does not tickle my fancy.
0: Okay, I'm going to hit you with something real quick. Please do. So, another person, uh, a thing that they're going to include in this movie is archived footage from the original craft featuring one of the characters from the original who at the end basically goes crazy and gets locked into a psychiatric hospital. Won't say who. It sounds dope. Uh, So uh, a little bit is that nobody gets left on, in the original craft, nobody gets left untouched. There's always something mm. so even if okay. the characters are alive there is a bit and I I'm pretty confident that they are going to do something akin to this in the end like I don't know yeah, I, I, so. I don't think every character is gonna die uh, in fact they might all live <laughs> who knows but I, I, I think the you will be pleasantly surprised by the, the third act of this movie based on what I know from the craft
1: oh good. Yeah, that gives me hope. Like, I'm, I'm hopeful for the two trailers that I very much did not like. So thank you, Nick. <laughs>
0: yeah, no worries. All right, we're going to move on to the latest Disney news. This is The Lion King 2. The sequel to the, the, the kind of janky, quote-unquote, live-action Lion King. The
1: incredible live-action Lion King.
0: Which is 100% CGI. Uh... At least for the characters. They might have used some real landscapes and stuff, but whatever. Um, But it's going to be directed by Barry Jenkins. Now, this is a very weird thing for me. Mm. Because Barry Jenkins is an iconic, basically like an art house director. He makes these very emotional, thoughtful, slow-paced, basically poetry movies, I like to call them. And I don't Mm. see... It seems like Lion King 2 is a very strange fit. Plus um I
1: feel your concern.
0: Yeah, plus there's the fact that this is going to be a Godfather part 2 scenario where we're going to see the continuation <laughs> of the kingdom from how it how it's left in the first one and we're also going to learn how Scar became evil. Now that can go to like one of two ways. It's either going to Needlessly complicate Scar's character, who's already a really good character, like fucking Ryan Murphy did with Mildred Ratchet, <laughs> which you know. So it's or it'll do nothing, basically, but just make the character worse. Or it'll do it'll lean into the very clear Hamlet influences from the original, <laughs> which is kind of what yeah. I I want to hope for because you know Shakespeare makes everything better. That's tattooed on my back, and it's. I'm going to carry that to my grave. <laughs>
1: That's a great tattoo, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. I don't think I know the original Lion King 2. Uh, is that the one where Scar has a son?
0: Yeah, that is where... It
1: um, survives him, and they're like,
0: Evil Let's Play has Scar on it, his face. That one. Lion King 2 is basically Romeo and Juliet with the son of Scar, and oh. basically all the hyenas turn into lions for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're basically, it's the outcast tribe and he falls for the, the daughter of Simba, you know, and it's like, oh, I love that can never be, yada, yada, yada.
1: Well, funnily enough, well, Romeo and Juliet is Shakespeare, so maybe they'll just rehash that entire story and be like, oh, Scar hates Mufasa because Scar had a son and Mufasa couldn't conceive.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, Mufasa did Before conceive. Simba,
1: of course. <laughs> yeah, before Simba. He <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He fucks. So does Scar apparently. I don't know. I, I I think this is another of those situations. Hopefully it's not like um I can't remember his name, but he did Fantastic Four, Fanforstic. Oh, uh what's his name? Josh Trank. Josh Trank. Hopefully this isn't another Josh Trank situation where you do one movie that's like excellent and then they're like, We're gonna put our hopes and dreams on you for this. But also, you haven't done much, so we're going to control the hell out of you.
0: Oh yes, Hopefully, yes,
1: yes. it's not one of those situations. Because Barry Jenkins, having done Moonlight, yes. as well as If Beale Street Could Talk, now taking on The Lion King 2, which, if it takes anything from the original, has similar elements, as in, you know, love and Forbidden Romance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I guess, no, yeah, Moonlight's Forbidden Romance, uh, well, for a portion of it. So yeah, I feel like he could really, he could really take this and just run with it as long as, they let him. you know, he works around the confines that people already don't like the Lion King live action movie. Mm-hmm. And also, yes, as long as Disney lets him run with the ball a bit instead of trying to, you know, have him pass it over.
0: Here's my prediction. for
1: every important play.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be split. Between the present time and the past time. When we're uh-huh. in the past, we're going to have a lion who is named something else. It's not going to be Scar yet. But in the climax, it's going to cut back, and that's when, you know, oh, there's a betrayal. It actually wasn't his fault. It's the fact that he got this terrible accident, and people ostracized him for his appearance. And then they started calling him Scar. It was actually a derogatory name, yada, yada. I think that's how it'll be. If it turns out to be, like, a Romeo and Juliet thing, like like the original sequel was, I think that, as you said, would play a lot to Barry's strengths. So that wouldn't be the worst way to go, just as long as they don't take too much from the sequel, because it's not great.
1: Uh, do you think they're going to do any songs? Because I only know the one song from the original sequel where they say evil is plain as a scar on his face, deception, disgrace. Yo. But, um... <laughs> I... I think they only did two songs in the remake. I think they did I Just Can't Wait to Be King and also um, Akuna Life. Matata. Oh, did
0: they do Circle of Life?
1: I, yeah, that's the opening. So, yeah, yeah I, I believe they did. Yeah, so they only did a handful of songs in the remake.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, I I haven't... It, it's, it's interesting. I think... I, I have a feeling he might just because Barry Jenkins, you know, is uses like soundtracks masterfully and like uh, oh yeah and stuff was is it is it diegetic he's incredible diegetic, diegetic sound is that the one where it's in the universe yeah yeah where it's so like people walking I, he's, around he's, and stuff yeah he's like a king of like die like diegetic sounds and diegetic music but mm-hmm. you can't actually do the diegetic music because these are a bunch of animals
2: <laughs> yeah but, exactly. I, but i
0: think his his knowledge and his masterful use of it uh maybe even if it's not like the, the animals singing there's enough musical talent within this cast that they could you know I I, I think you can figure something out that maybe even just the soundtrack takes the place of it and still kind of does amazing stuff Mm -hmm. because they did that in the original Lion King too the the Elton John song that wasn't sung by anyone (laughs) that was just playing while they were frolicking
1: yeah that was God singing (laughs) about their fornication
0: (laughs) that was the bugs that they ate singing from inside of them (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna move on I think we've said all we can on that our final our final topic and this will be a a rare treat this is not a movie this is in fact (gasps) bread how could we Subway Subway's bread has been (laughs) deemed not bread by the Irish Supreme Court whoa that's insane well it's you know obviously you take a bite it's bread like (laughs) <laughs> it's it's not like those meat it's not like those weird like jelly cubes and snow snowbringer or snow piercer it's <laughs> yeah, like it's basic not cockroaches <laughs> La <in> grasshoppers. <laughs> um but it's uh, it.
1: spoilers for snow yeah it's
0: that's barely a spoiler it's not even that gross yeah
1: um it's pretty early on
0: uh but it's Thing. It's uh, okay. not even that gross. It isn't. People eat bugs constantly. <laughs> it's only the West that doesn't. Uh. Okay, then,
1: I'm sorry. Please go on.
0: I'm gonna. I'll go on to a bug rant, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna no. be the bigger man here, and I'm gonna swing back. <laughs> but basically, uh, the Irish Supreme Court said there is way too much sugar inside the bread that legally makes it not bread in a form of getting tax exemption so it's basically this big tax scheme which is insane Uh, let me read the quote from this article the country's value-added tax act of 1972 says tax-exempt bread can't have sugar fat and bread improver exceed two percent of the weight of flour in subway's recipe sugar makes up ten percent of the weight of the flour jesus that's in, I've said it multiple times. I'll say it again. That's insane. <laughs> these legally, these are yeah, cakes. It's insane. <laughs> cakes and pies, right? Yes, 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 yes. Cakes and pies. Which? Oh, oh just, man. Can I get the flatbread, cake, steak, and bacon, please? <laughs> yeah. Can I get the flat cake, please? <laughs> flat cake. That's so. A six-inch Subway bread roll contains three <laughs> to five grams of sugar except for gluten-free, which has seven. Wow. That's That's a lot of shit. You need to make up for the lack of gluten. (laughs) That's, I mean, pretty much you have to do that with any gluten food. It's not tasty. Um, Yeah. But it's so crazy.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) I really also, uh, and this is just my ignorance of other countries, but I love the idea... Of the Irish Supreme Court, it's and it's just, just like an anime world where there's like all the different Supreme Courts. and they, they all, meet so that they can battle exactly
0: big tournament. Yeah, the U- big tournament arc. <laughs> oh
1: god, the Dark Tournament. Hell yeah, exactly. but of Supreme
0: Court judges, and uh, uh, especially uh, on whoever
1: wins gets to say whether Subway bread is real or not. I like
0: exactly. to imagine the Irish Supreme Court is just like one big bloke. He's it's just like, just he hangs out, guy. he just wanders pub to pup, and they're just like, hey, hey, Donnie. You taking the piss? Hey, Donnie. That's more British. What do you think about Subway bread? <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's fucking cake. It's- <laughs> <laughs> They're like, all right, there we go. Which I I did about four different accents within those three lines. (laughs) A special shout out. I just
1: assumed they were
0: like super drunk, not because they're Irish, but because you said, uh Exactly. Uh, This article mentions, uh, there's been a big debate about now whether these are sandwiches or like weird cake combinations. (laughs) This article says, it's just like the people that argue hot dogs and burritos are sandwiches. Which I just found out, the state of New York says yes, they are sandwiches.
1: Hot dogs are sandwiches. Burritos are not. Burritos are
0: wraps. Yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. And hot dogs are tacos. Okay, I'll buy it. We won't we won't won't go into that because we can make a whole podcast on that. All right, all (laughs) right. Yeah, yeah. Cake sandwich. Um. Mm. But that's. I hope we learn more about how. Maybe the steak yeah. is, isn't is actually steak. It's a bunch of ground-up cockroaches and <laughs> grasshoppers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, hey, tastes good. Yeah, goods. I just
1: want to hear every corporation have to come out and be like, uh, yeah, sorry, we don't have burgers anymore. We just have roach patties. I actually don't want to hear that because I love hamburgers. Uh, thank you for making me think that Nick.
0: I don't so. like hamburgers, so I'm totally fine with it. Wow. All right. <laughs> That takes us to the end of Um mm Pop. We had a meaty segment this time. Mm. There was a lot to talk about this week, and there was even oh, more yeah. that we didn't talk about. So be glad that we cut some stuff. We're yeah. going to tune in next week <laughs> for more <laughs> nonsense. But we're not done just yet. We got one more segment. <gasps> this is a new little game that I like to call Horror into a housewife. No, come back. <laughs> I said horror, like the genre. Let me
2: explain. <laughs>
0: This is a sort of improvisational uh, exercise where we've basically taken one of these iconic horror movie villains and we're going to place them into a movie that, uh, a movie within a genre that doesn't really appeal to the horror fans, the horror ideologies. So mm-hmm. for example, we take a, a slasher villain and we'll bring it into, let's say like a kid's comedy. like... Ace Ventura Jr. 3, we'll put a slasher villain in there. <laughs> so I'm gonna start, since I am the originator of this game. The villain I am starting with is a little lovely piece of work we like to call Sadako. Some of you may know her as Samara Ooh. from the Ringu series in Japan and The Ring and Rings in <laughs> <Delicious>. America. <laughs> Rings, do not watch it. Not very good. American classic. <laughs> There's no ending to it, which is my favorite thing is when movies don't have an ending. So, Sadako. We'll talk a little bit about Sadako. Sadako is a victim of you know, terrible abuse. Ended up dying in this well. I'm kind of combining the, the Samara and Sadako. Oh, yeah, in of one. course. Just because a lot of people... Take the pieces you like. Exactly. Uh, basically, she has psionically created this tape as a sort of revenge onto the world that if you watch it, in seven days, you die. I'm going to place Sadako into one of my favorite romantic comedies, You've Got Mail, starring <laughs> Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Now, we're going to be replacing <laughs> Meg Ryan, who plays Kathleen Kelly, of course, as the owner or employee of the shop around the corner. I forget if she owns it at this point. Um, so we're going to replace it into our favorite uh, video recording demon lady. You've Got Mail is a, a reboot, remake of Shop Around the Corner, of the perfumery of She Loves Me. You know, it, this is a, mm-hmm. an age-old story and it's been told so many times. And I love it. I love every iteration. But it's basically just media about gaslighting. And so basically, <laughs> the, the guy figures out who the girl is, really quickly on but he doesn't tell her until the very very end and then like oh you know i love you yada 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 and i think in 2020 that ain't gonna fly (laughs) so unless unless uh but we're basically speaking of gas lighting we're actually it's going to be great so instead of a bookstore it is going to be as you have probably guessed uh, a used dvd store or dvd vhs betamax cassettes of, of vintage <laughs> because vintage is in right now hell yeah and and tom hanks basically buys uh this old classic television set so he can play these Betamaxes, play these vhs's in it now unfortunately sadako <laughs> catches on to the fact that he's gaslighting and she's very familiar with gaslighting you see he's got an this is an old crt television She's basically going to transform herself into gas and transport through these cathode rays and come out of the TV because I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I don't think she's ever come out of a flat screen. I don't remember a single moment she comes out of a flat screen. She does come out of, I think... Therefore, it could have never happened. I do think she might have come out of the... Oh, What are they? the, The back of the seats in the airplane TVs.
1: Oh yeah. I think she does yeah, that in rings. Tiny screens.
0: So maybe maybe she can, but we're just gonna ignore that. And so at the end of the movie, instead of them getting together and being all in love, it's going to be, you know, she sends him like, oh, the email is like he picks up the, the <laughs> cursed tape. <laughs> I'm a little rambling at this point. He picks up this cursed tape and he's like a gift from her that's like, oh, you know, we're in love, and he goes back and he watches it. And it's like <laughs> Well, close up mirror fly eyeball. He's like, "What is this?" And then he she ghosts him, wink wink, for seven days, and then, and then, who knows? She comes out of the TV and he's ecstatic. He's like, "Oh, I'm so grateful to see you." And don't have guess oh, what wow. happens.
1: That's a nice ending.
0: No, she kills him.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> don't gaslight.
1: I thought they just fell in love.
0: Well, it was dramatic, dramatic uh, tension. Ah. <laughs> so that's basically my little breakdown. I kind of, I got, I got a little rambly, and I was very excited. I love both these movies. Uh,
1: my favorite part was when you talked about the cathode race.
0: Ah, <laughs> you know what? I'll never stop talking about CRT. I'm sure everyone
1: them. listening will know, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure everyone listening will know what a CRTV is and how they operate.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm going to toss it over to you. Let's see you turn this horror into a housewife. <laughs>
1: sounds good so who is the one villain and this is a rhetorical question please do not answer please don't steal i'm
0: gonna answer
1: (laughs) who is the one horror villain who is way too focused on their job and needs a little love in their life jaws (laughs) the answer (laughs) is the yautja i believe is how you pronounce it the yautja or maybe it's yutja explain or for the layman the Predator. Oh! Now, you might be wondering, what is the Predator's job? Well, you see, Predator culture is very work-oriented. You go out, you hunt, you bring back trophies, and with those trophies comes honor. You could say... probably a bigger castle. You could say a yes.
0: predate. <laughs>
1: Predato. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, let's take this, this busybody and let's put him... In a simpler time, let's make him a high school student and let's throw him in to JD's role in Heathers.
0: Oh! (laughs) Very good. JD, for
1: those who don't know, is Christian Slater's character in Heathers who uh, opens his first appearance by pulling out a magnum and firing two blank rounds. Actually, I think he fires all six, but they're blanks. And I think he makes the bullies who were trying to pick on him piss their pants. So, I don't think that's how blanks
0: work. (laughs) (laughs) But it's very cool. I won't interrupt. It's very cool. (laughs) No,
1: it's okay. Uh, I would want to redo that scene. But instead of them coming to pick on him and him shooting blanks and them pissing their pants, he just straight up murders them with his little plasma cannon. Little red dots go over their chest, and they're like, what are you doing, nerd, playing with your light bright? Pew, pew, and they're dead. Quick, what are the bullies' names? immediately, I don't remember.
0: That's Curtain Ram. Uh,
1: Oh, no, he can't kill them then, because they come back later. Okay, so (laughs) they're part of my plot for later. So he (laughs) shoots them with his plasma beams, and they just kind of wrap around them. Like the goo in the Mortal Kombat Three.
0: Oh yeah, they have bolas. And cyrax right? shoots out. They have what? The, the, doesn't the Predator have bolas? Or, or... Oh yeah,
1: he does. All right, okay. He can just shoot bolas at them, <laughs> tie them up, and be silly. That's fine. <laughs> and then immediately before he goes in for the kill, <laughs> before he goes in for the kill, Veronica Sawyer, aka Winona Ryder, mm-hmm. catches his eye, and this is the first time. That Mr. J.D. Predator, <laughs> probably should have gave him a clever last, last, name, last name. Mr. J.D. Predator, <laughs> <laughs> immediately forgets about hunting. He doesn't think of his kill, the prey that he's caught. All he can think is, wow, I bet she's good at catching prey. So then they end up together. They end up doing a bunch of combat together. At first, unintentionally, Veronica thinks, oh, we're just having like a sparring match. <laughs> but no, they're straight killing people, as they do in the original. True. Until the point where, what are their names? Corey and Ram?
0: Kurt and Ram.
1: Kurt and Ram. Until the point where he's like, let's go fight Kurt and Ram, ha. <laughs> and then they go into the woods, she tricks them into stripping, and they have a honor duel with one another, all brandishing knives. Heather, sorry, not Heather, Veronica of Heathers and JD Predator versus Curtain Ram. Which maybe is the end of the movie because I can't remember the rest of the plot of. Actually, I do remember the ending and he blows up the school. So that's perfect for Predator because he can just blow himself up when he realizes that she doesn't love him anymore. The end.
0: I love that. Heathers is one of my favorite movies ever, <laughs> and I never would have thought about putting the Predator. In <laughs> the fact that his name is JD Predator, JD oh. Predator. Plus, there's like the, the his him. whole his dad is just a, like a human father. <laughs> he just kind of yeah. has not picked up the fact that he's a, a giant alien <laughs> recognition. Oh,
1: and he's still like six foot nine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's I oh, that's so good. I think these are both excellent horrors we've turned into housewives.
1: And housewives. <laughs>
0: Alright. That's great. That's gonna bring Perfect. us to a little segment we like to call the end notes <laughs> We're gonna wrap our show up. A couple of shout-outs, just things that we think other people should get into. I'm going to start it off. Please do. I'm going to recommend the comic book series Invincible, by created by Robert Ooh. Kirkman and Cory Walker. Cory Walker, the artist, was later taken over by Ryan Walker, which I feel like I've written the last name. Yeah. It's not Ryan Walker. It's Ryan Otley. I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> on my notes, I wrote Walker. It's pretty different. It was Walker. Ryan Otley, who I think is, you know, the <laughs> defining artist of it. Although, Cory Walker's art is still really good. It's... Very similar to Ultimate Spider-Man, as an Ultimate Spider-Man was this new and fresh take on Peter Parker uh, and his villains and his relationship with Aunt May and Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy. But but mm-hmm. this is like a version of that with Superman. So he's basically the son of the big Superman surrogate in this universe, and he's learning <laughs> to get he's learning to get his powers and dealing with high school shenanigans. But a, a, a big thing I love about this series, and it finished a couple of years ago, a very long run, and they're all, it's all great, I recommend every single issue, is that mm. time passes, time progresses very normally. So he's only in high school for a couple of years, and then, you know, he's on his own, and he's, you know, he's moved out, you know, there's parts later on where you'd say, he gets married, he even has a kid at some point, there's all these sort of relationships change as time passes. Some characters dies, characters come back. Villains are tangible and like menacing in a way that you don't expect them to be because superhero society has kind of viewed, you know, it's kind of glorified it. Uh, uh, An example I'll give is Invincible, which is the hero's name. He's lamenting that he doesn't have a cool arch villain. And he's like, oh, he's like, Mm. all my villains I fight are like, you know, it's kind of like lame. And they're just like, It'd be really cool, that, like all the heroes have their arch villain. You guys have your arch villain How come I don't have one? And this leads to a story arc of this villain he who's act was accidentally basically created by Invincible being a little bit negligent. And he does some mm-hmm. seriously fucked up shit. And it and it helps him realize that he's being way too naive and being way too in like the glory of it to really see what his actions are doing, what his thoughts are leading him to do as a hero. And it's super fascinating. I highly recommend... That
1: sounds really interesting. Yeah,
0: I highly recommend it to anyone who likes comics, like superheroes. It's really good. It's really... it's. There's a lot of issues, but it's a really light read. It's super well-paced. and uh, yeah, uh, we Issues
1: good? like chapters, non-comic readers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Do you have anything to recommend? Shout out?
1: Yeah, that sounds really cool. I love things that do that, like Mr. Miracle. I love that oh, yeah. idea as well. But um, maybe that'll come up on a different episode. Yeah, the thing that I want to recommend and/or shout out in this episode, uh, I foreshadowed it earlier. Ruby Sparks. Ooh. Have you seen that movie, Nick?
0: I have not. I've said this.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Deleted. Um, <laughs> Ruby not on Sparks. My watch. I feel like is uh, it's, it's not really underrated. It's more so undiscovered at this point. Ruby Sparks is an excellent film if you are a writer or an artist in general, but specifically for writers, because Ruby Sparks is the story of a writer, if you remember from the logline, who has writer's block. Uh, he wrote a really prolific novel when he was young, and now everyone's waiting for the next one, the next big novel. When's it coming out? And they keep pressuring him, and he has anxiety like crazy, and he sees a therapist and about this. And the therapist, ultimately, because he tells the therapist, I've been having these dreams about this woman. He tells, uh, I can't remember his name. It's something Dano. Paul Dano, that's his name. Oh, Paul Dano, Dano from Prisoners, if you remember. From
0: There Will yeah. Be Blood and The New Batman.
1: Oh, I haven't seen There Will Be Blood or The New Batman. But yeah, I'm assuming it's the same guy with the same name. But uh, yeah, so Paul Dano plays the lead writer, and he essentially is told by his therapist, write about her. This is an assignment. You don't; ha- It doesn't have to be good. I want it to be bad, as a matter of fact. Just write her. And, you know, it's like a little tool so that he can maybe get over his writer's block. But as he writes more and more in-depth about this woman who he, in a sense, is falling in love with in his own mind, he starts noticing his dog keeps bringing in women's clothing and shaving products and all these things that clearly aren't his until one day, Ruby Sparks is in his kitchen who is played by Zoe Kazan who also wrote the script, I believe. Uh, yep, she wrote the script. Excellent script, in my opinion. Yes, thank you, Fact Checker. You're so quick. (laughs) yeah she pops up in his kitchen and then what's really interesting about the story is it's almost got like a bit of a horror twist at certain points because ruby has her own personality that he's written for her and as they go on in their relationship she starts to develop more as a human being and less as an idea and because of that Uh, spoilers for like an hour maybe 20 minutes I don't remember it's so good it flies when you're watching it but spoilers for a certain point in the movie she decides I think I need some space maybe I should move out of your apartment and then we get into a a bit of kookiness with Paul Dano 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 editing (laughs) her personality for his liking and that's when things start to get really screwy and interesting It's just, it's a feast of delicious writing and great acting. I I recommend this movie to everyone. Uh, Please search it out. Uh, Maybe don't watch a trailer. Maybe just buy it immediately with the money you don't have and uh, (laughs) watch it tonight. (laughs) And that's what I wanted to recommend, Ruby Sparks. Thank you, Nick.
0: Perfect. That sounds very interesting. Especially that little little hint of a twist you gave us.
1: Hex, yeah, man. It's so good.
0: Speaking of twists in my in my thing Invincible, there's a twist early on that'll knock your socks off. All I'm gonna say, we're gonna close our <laughs> end notes, <laughs> and we are going to Heck sign yeah. off. Greg, where can they find you on social media? Yeah,
1: you can find me uh, at Greg Hobo G R E C O B O on Twitter, Instagram, uh, probably YouTube, and also Mix Match Media M I X M I T C. I misspelled match. Never mind. Mix match media. Spell it how it sounds. I make funny bit videos and maybe you'll think they're funny too.
0: How about you, Nick? Where can we find you online? You can find me on Instagram at nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-E-S dot roy dot morgan dot I-I-I. And on Twitter, I recently changed my handle to at Dr. Piss. D-O-C-T-O-R-P. I use fancy talk i use a underscore not underscore non capitalized l <laughs> for the i ss S. so you can find me there i tweet nonsense it's terrible <laughs> it's pretty good it's it's entertaining thank check you. them out guys thank you thank you thank you i just want to wish you guys you know a very happy goings on i'm glad you guys listened to our episode we went a little meaty on this one in the in the in the median You could say, (laughs) and I just want to leave you guys with just a little bit of a little bit of a thing. The monsters—they're still there. (laughs) Such a long pause.
1: Oh my! Oh my God! See you later. All right. Have a good night, everybody, or day. Bye.